Hey folks, welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Christ Church at Grove Farm. Whether it's your first time or you've been here since the beginning, we are thrilled to be a part of your spiritual walk and look forward to all that Christ is doing in your life. If you are looking for more information about Christ Church or you would like to connect with one of our pastors or ministry leaders, you can reach us on our website, ccgf.org. You can also connect with us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Here is this week's message. Grace and peace to you. Yeah, it's been great for 20 years that we've been locking arms, running the Lord's errands together. And I, I, on behalf of Urban Impact and myself, we're so grateful and thankful for you. You've been faithful to pray, to give, to serve. It's been awesome. And we're now touching not just hundreds, but thousands of people in the city of, Pitt, city of Pittsburgh and the surrounding area together. And that's awesome when you think about it. You know, I've got to give a shout out, though, to the cafe. I've got to say something about CC and all the people who volunteer. I mean, they serve us every week. They provide an opportunity for us to have fellowship and food and fun together out there, and it's been spectacular. And I encourage you to be part of it. It, gets, it helps us all get to know one another, get to pray for each other. It's great. So we just don't walk out the church, but we go over there and we have some time together, get to know each other. But also, it financially helps Urban Impact. So every time you go and buy something or eat something and have fellowship with one another, you're making an impact in a child's life. That's amazing. Every time you purchase anything over there or have a meal, you're making an impact. So I encourage you to continue to do that. One more thing. I really want you to sign up for the newsletter. The newsletter will help you understand all that we're doing together. It only comes out four times a year. It's done really, really well. It'll come right to you. There's a lot of bad news out there. There's a really a lot of good news there. I really would encourage you to sign up today to be part of, get the newsletter. You can do that right out there in the foyer. I have my staff here today. They'll help you figure out how you can volunteer, how you can be part of sports, education, arts and options, and we'll continue to do the mission that God has given and entrusted to all of us. Well, today we're here to continue in our original uh, series. It's called Ordinary Radicals. Pastor Craig did a great sermon last, last week. He talked about Andrew, I mean, I'm sorry, he talked about Aaron. Aaron was the sidekick to Moses. We know a lot about Moses, but we don't, we didn't know a lot about Aaron, but we know now because Pastor Craig helped us last week to understand a little bit more about who he was. Today we're going to be looking into the New Testament. We're going to be looking at Andrew. Andrew is Simon Peter's brother. We know a lot about Peter, but we don't know a lot about Andrew. So with that being said, let's have a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you for who you are. And I would just ask that you would forgive me and cleanse me of any sin and that you would fill me with your spirit. You would speak through me to your people and we as your people wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers of it. <clears throat> and you wouldn't just stir us, but that you would change us. For Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Andrew's name literally means manly or brave. Can you say that with me? Manly or brave. Andrew is a native of Galilee. He was born in Bethsaida. He was living in Capernaum when he ran up with Jesus, when he met Jesus. Andrew and his brother Peter were partners in a fishing company, and they fished together on the Sea of Galilee. These two brothers were different. Peter was a firecracker. Andrew was more of a sparkler. Peter was bold. Andrew was more reserved. Peter was out front. 
Andrew was more backstage. Peter in the scripture is one who's on center stage. He's a preacher, he's an evangelist, he's a leader. Much of the gospels in the front part of Acts talks a lot about Peter. Peter has two books that bear his name, first and second Peter. But Andrew, Andrew, he's only referred to in the New Testament, or at least in the Gospels in the book of Acts, 13 times, 13 times. He has no books named after him. So Peter and Andrew, they were totally different people. Yes, they were different, but they were both used by God. They were both used by God. In many ways, Andrew was overshadowed by his brother. Matter of fact, the passage we're studying today refers to Simon as Simon Peter's brother. Look at verse 40 with me. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. So we know that Andrew is Peter's brother, but he's also someone who heard what John said and followed Jesus. So who's John and what did he say? Verse 35, the next day, John, referring to John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. Verse 36, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. So what did those two disciples of John hear? They heard John say, there he is, the Lamb of God. And what happened? Those two disciples in verse 37, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So what we've learned so far is that Andrew is Peter's brother, but he's also a disciple of, the, of John the Baptist. But who's the other disciple? The other disciple is the one who bears the, this name, the gospel, the gospel of John. Not John the Baptist, but John the disciple. So you have Andrew and John. They were disciples of John the Baptist before they ever ran into Jesus. So that tells us Andrew was a disciple of John. That means he was a man who was devoted to God. Why do I say that? Because you could never be a disciple of John the Baptist if you weren't devoted to God. Verse 38. Verse 38 says, Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Verse 39. Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was, stand, where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Then in verse 41, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. Notice it says, it doesn't say we might have found or we think that we have found. It says we have found the Messiah. Andrew is a person who is convinced that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. So we've learned Andrew is Peter's brother. He is a man who's committed to God. And he's also convinced that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And what does he do? What does he do? Immediately he begins to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Every time Andrew comes out of the biblical woodwork, if you will, he's introducing people to Jesus Christ. The first person he introduces to Christ is his brother. Look at verse 41. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. You remember the first time that you came to Christ? Go back there. Do you remember that moment when you asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior? Do you remember those people that were involved in your life? Well, Andrew, the first thing he did is he went back to his family and introduced his brother. You know, there are people here today that can tell you that, that there were people in their family that led them to Christ. 
There are people here today that can tell you that they have led family members to Christ. There are others of us who have tried to talk to our family about Jesus, but they wanted nothing to do with him. To you, I want to encourage. To you, I want to say, don't quit. Don't stop praying for your family. Don't stop communicating and demonstrating the gospel to your family. Don't stop witnessing to them. Let me tell you a story about Aunt Maxine. Aunt Maxine, it was a Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve, I was sitting there in a service, and the Lord really moved on me to go visit her. But it was storming. I mean, it was snowing outside. Her home was about an hour away, and I kind of put it off, but the Lord wouldn't let me go. So finally, I got in the car, drove to my aunt. Once I got into the home, she was there in her bedroom. There was a nurse and a couple family members that were there, and they told me that my aunt had slipped into a coma. Now, I had times had talked to my aunt about Jesus, and I had been praying for her for a number of years. And there I stood in that room, and I'll tell you the truth. Five, ten minutes as I was standing there, she came out of the coma. And she literally sat up in the bed. She couldn't speak, but she began to motion for me to come and over to her bed. I went over to her bedside. Would you like to receive to Christ like I have I received Christ? And she Jesus. nodded yes. I, told her I said, would you like Jesus me to pray Christ for you right now? She nodded how yes. Jesus and I had the privilege to lead my aunt to Christ that night. I drove home that Christmas Eve in that snowstorm. I mean, praising my God. The next morning, it was Christmas. We got a phone call from our family and told us that Aunt Maxine had passed away. Look right here. Listen, she was more alive on that moment than she'd ever been alive her whole life. She went from the land of the dying into the land of the living. She's with Jesus Christ. Look right here. Don't stop praying for your family. Don't give up on your family. Pray for them. Communicate and demonstrate the gospel. Take every moment you can and be a witness to them. And let's trust the Lord together for them. You know, Andrew was faithful. He was faithful to introduce his brother to Jesus Christ. And God used his brother in a powerful, miraculous, magnificent way. But Andrew didn't stop there with his brother. He introduced a boy. The story is found in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. You know the story. It's the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And that there... He, in the feeding of the 5,000, you see Jesus preaching and teaching. And he notices that the crowd is tired and they're hungry. So he looks at his disciples and says, let's feed them. And the disciples say, we don't have enough money. There's no way to do that. And then Andrew. Andrew introduces a little boy with a happy meal. He introduces that, that little boy to Jesus. Jesus takes that happy meal. He gives thanks. 5,000 people are fed. And the disciples are picking up 12 baskets of leftovers. Did you know this? Did you know that that miracle, the miracle of the 5,000, is the only miracle that is told in all four Gospels? The only miracle that's told in all four, that's how significant that moment was. And how did that happen? Because Andrew was faithful to introduce a boy to Jesus Christ. He was faithful. He was faithful. You know, today, 2,000 years plus, millions of people have heard that message about the feeding of 5,000. It has impacted, imagine, millions of people because Andrew was faithful to introduce people to Jesus Christ. He didn't stop there. 
He didn't stop with his brother and he didn't stop with that boy. He ended up introducing some outsiders to Jesus, some Greeks. Look what it says in John chapter 12, 12, verse 20 through 21. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with, re- with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. The question is, why didn't they go to Peter? Peter's the leader. Why would they go to Philip? Well, we'll never know, but let me give you two suggestions. One, Philip is a Greek name. Two, they were from Bethsaida and Philip was from Bethsaida. So maybe they were, had acquaintances. Maybe they kind of knew each other. So they felt comfortable about going to Philip. But what does Philip do? Why doesn't he go to Peter? Look who he goes to in verse 22. Philip went to tell who? Andrew. And Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Why didn't he go to Philip? Why why didn't he go to Peter? You know why? The answer? Because Peter would have told those Greeks to get lost. In his mind, they were Gentiles and Jews don't associate with Gentiles. And second is he believed that the message of Jesus Christ at that time was only a message for the Jews, not the Gentiles. Now, he came to figure that out later on, that that's not true, but that's the way he thought. So Philip does not go to Peter. He goes to Andrew. Why does he go to Andrew? He goes to Andrew probably because of the fact that he understood that Andrew would understand what it means or what it feels like not to be included what it feels like to be an outsider. Why? Because he played second fiddle to his older brother all his life, all his life. So Philip goes to Andrew and Andrew knew exactly what to do. What they do? They introduced those Greeks to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. Do you have some people in your life that feel like they're on the outside, that they can't really come to the table like everybody else? Are the people or you feel like you've been kind of kicked to the, tur- kicked to the curb? Like you're the, the, the untouchables, you know, the, the least, the last, and the lost. You, do you know people like that? Let me remind you. Jesus Christ has come for everybody. He, he, he came so that no one would perish. He desires that no one would perish. Every family member, every child, every young person, every adult, every nation— Every enemy of yours, Jesus Christ came for them. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, where you're from, or what you've done. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, came and died on a cross so that you can be forgiven, so that you can know for certain that you have eternal life. He's come for everybody. Isn't that awesome? He's come for everybody. excludes no one. He wants everybody to be part of the kingdom of God. That's the God in whom we serve. And Andrew understood that. And he kept no boundaries, he kept no barriers to that. He was willing to introduce anybody to Jesus. What have we learned so far about Andrew? We've learned Andrew is the brother of Peter. He's committed to God. He's convinced that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and it motivated him to introduce people to Jesus Christ. We're talking about radicals. This guy was a radical. Do you know that, that Andrew was the first person to introduce a family member to Christ in the New Testament? He introduced his brother. He was the first person in the New Testament to be a youth worker. He invited he, a boy, he in, in, introduced a boy to Jesus Christ. 
And he and Philip were the first cross-cultural missionaries because they introduced the Greeks to Jesus Christ in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, tradition tells us that Andrew is the patron of patron saint of Russia, Scotland, and interesting enough, Greece. So Andrew didn't just stop there, apparently. He had influence into those, two, those three parts of the world. Tradition also tells us that Andrew was crucified in Greece because he led the wife and the brother of a local governor to Jesus Christ. And the governor was so angry that he had Andrew crucified. But Andrew, tradition tells us, that he would not be crucified on the same cross as Jesus, the T-cross. He said he wanted to be crucified on the X-cross. You know, this, to this day, that cross is called St. Andrew's Cross. Hey, Andrew wasn't as famous as Peter, but he was faithful. He was faithful to introduce people to Jesus Christ. You know, there's a ministry called Operation Andrew. Oper Operation Andrew, it's all about, it, this is what it's all about. It's about helping us Christians to write down 10 names, 10 people that do not know Jesus in our life, to write them down and begin to pray for them and pray for them every day. And then for what purpose? To to invite them to a local outreach. Well, this Christmas, Urban Impact and Christ Church are locking arms together again. And we're going to, from the beginning of December till, till Christmas, every weekend we're going to give an opportunity for people to come to know Christ right here in the sanctuary. But what we need you to do is we need you to be Andrews. That's who Jesus is looking for. He's looking for Andrews. He's looking for people like you. To go out and invite people. Invite. We're, now listen, on December 3rd and 4th at 7 p.m., December 3rd and 4th, right here, we're going to do Light the Night. Now, we've given you a card in your pew there. You'll, you'll see every weekend that we're doing something. But the first weekend is with Light the Night. And I'm encouraging you in that card, you will see that we're going to give you five opportunities, five people that you can write down. I want you to grab that piece of paper right now. Grab that paper, grab the pen, and I want you to be thinking about five people in your life. I want you to write them down, and I want you to pray for them. Put that, put that piece of paper on your refrigerator, in your Bible, whatever. Every day be praying and asking the Lord to give you that opportunity to invite them to one of the weekends, especially like tonight. Let me say this. We've been doing like the night here and not just tens but hundreds of people have come to know Christ at like the night I will guarantee you this you pray you invite them I'll guarantee you this that I will preach a message that will either bring people closer to Christ or they will come to know Christ and I know Pastor Craig will do the same thing on his weekends so no matter what you're going to do listen you can have a lot of Pe you can have a few Peters but we need a lot of Andrews without Andrews Peter it's nothing so we need you to invite. Listen, think about family. Think about your friends, your coworkers, students that you know, hairdresser, barber, somebody you work alongside of, somebody maybe you play golf with, you work out with. Think about those people that are around you and pray for them and then invite them. Ask them to come December 3rd or 4th or one of the weekends. And let's believe that God is going to do great things this Christmas. Listen, this is what I've learned. I've learned before you talk to people about God, you need to talk to God about the people. You need to pray. Pray for them. Let's believe God for great things. This Christmas, you know what I've learned also? 
America is still open to coming to church at Christmas. It's amazing. We need to take advantage of that in every way. We're, go, we're going to. We're inviting you to invite everybody you know so that we can pack this place out so that we can give them the opportunity to be born again where they will hear clearly the gospel. And that still happens here in America. Also, we're asking you to think about how you can serve at Urban Impact today, this being Urban Impact Sunday. I want to encourage you with this. I want to encourage you to go out into the foyer. You know what? We, t- we prayed about the schools. Do you know it, on the north side, the schools were shut down for 18 months because of COVID. We know at Urban Impact, if a child cannot read by third grade, they will be in poverty the rest of their lives. What do you think is going to happen to those kids that have been gone out of school for 18 months? We need volunteers, friends. We need people to help us. We're there. We're involved. We're engaged. Go out and sign up for sports, education, arts, options. Help us. Go out and talk to my folks. They'll be out there in the foyer. But also we have a training center. You might have a sense of calling. You come, we call them urban workers. I'm sorry, we call them fellows, urban fellows. Come for a year. We'll train you in ministry. Maybe you're retired. You always thought about being in ministry. Come for a year. We'll train you in ministry. We're also at the training center. We're going to give opportunities for people to have missions trips into the city. If you might be in a men's group, a women's group, youth group, college group, you can come down now and we'll set up missions trips into the city where you can serve and make an impact. We also have a a new ministry called Impact Restoration. We had to buy homes for missionaries on the north side. And those homes need to be fixed up and restored. Maybe you're really good with your hands. Maybe you know some contractors. Go out to the foyer. Tell them about who you know, what you know. Help us restore these homes for for our leaders. And don't retire, rewire. We're doing workforce development at Urban Impact, but we also want to do economic development. You might have been trained and equipped in some area of business business. We would love to know you. We would love to have you involved because we're going to do some great things in the next three to five years on the north side. We'd love for you to be part of it. There is so much more that I can talk to you about. God is at in the move, man. He is moving. He's about his business and we're part of it. But I want to end with this. There's a story that's told about Jesus. It's not true. It's, it's a fable, but it's, it's It's a story about Jesus. He died and was raised again from the dead. He completed the work that that God the Father had given to him. He made it possible that anybody who calls upon the name of Jesus, they could be saved. And he's sitting up in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And Gabriel walks up and says, Jesus, now that you've finished your work, it's completed. How will the gospel, how will the message go forward on the earth while you're still up here in heaven? And Jesus looked at him and said, well, I'm counting on my disciples. And Gabriel looked at him and said, you've got to be kidding, right, Jesus? I mean, you know and we know that they're not very brave. They're, they're not really reliable. They haven't been that reliable. And they're not really educated. So you've got to have a plan B, right? And Jesus said, no, I'm counting on them. I said, Jesus is counting on us, folks. He's all, he's all we got. He's all... We're all he has. You are all he has. Jesus said this in Luke 19.10. He said, the the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. Did he fulfill that mission? Yes. He died, made it possible for everybody to come to Christ. 
Then he walked out of the grave and he walked up to his disciples in John 20, 21, and he said this. He said, as the Father has sent me, now I send you. In other words, as the Father has given me the mission, now I give you the mission. Then he told us the mission. In Matthew chapter 28, 19, it says, therefore go. The word go literally means as you are going, as you are a follower of Jesus and you are now going and following me, then he gives us a commandment. He says this, therefore go and make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the, of the Holy Spirit. The commandment in that mission is found in two words, make disciples. It's good to be a disciple, but that's not what he commanded us to go do. He, made, he commanded us to go and make disciples. In other words, to multiply ourselves. Look right here. If you are not multiplying yourself, you're being absolutely disobedient to what God has commanded us to go do. It's not a suggestion. It's not an option. It is a commandment for you, for every one of us in this room, not just for the pastors. Every believer is called to make disciples that make this. You've got to multiply yourself. You just can't. You, if you're sitting in a pew... You're wondering why you can't seem to sense God's presence and power or blessing is because you're being disobedient. You've got to get engaged. This Christmas, we're going to give you an unbelievable opportunity to be engaged in his mission, to write down five names, pray for them, and believe God for them that they will show up and we will preach the gospel and hundreds if not thousands of people could come to Christ over Christmas. Do you believe that? Absolutely. Let me tell you this. I've been in ministry for 35 years. I've talked more people off the ledge than in my whole career this past year. Let me tell you, on the north side, 144 people came to Christ just this summer because we have a lot of Andrews that are introducing people to Jesus Christ. I am telling you, people want to know that there is a peace. They want to know that there is a hope. We have, we are it. We are the ones who have to go out in the highways and byways and invite them in. You ready? That's what we've got to do. Write those names down. Begin to trust God. Be, begin to believe God. Let's believe God together. Let's expect him to do great things because we're being obedient to him. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about people you work with. God loves them just like he loves you. Amen? Amen. The only thing that's going to hold you and I back is fear. Break it in the name of Jesus. Break it in the name of Jesus. Step out there. Believe God. Get involved. Let's see God do great things. He will if we're obedient. Let me end with this. I've had the privilege the last few months to talk to Denny Patton. Denny Patton's been in our offices. Gave him an office so he could do some ministry. Denny Patton is dying with cancer. He and I have had some great conversations about heaven. He's saying to me, you know, Ed, I'm, I'm going I'm to be there very soon. But, you know, I've never seen a guy try to take more people with him as he's gone than I've ever seen anybody. I mean, this guy is dying, and he's out there telling people about Jesus Christ. You know why? Because he knows he's going to stand before the Lord, and the Lord's going to ask him, what did you do? He's going to meet him really quick. And so will you, and so will I. 
We all talk about the world going to hell in a handbasket. Well, we were still alive, everybody. The clock is ticking, yeah, but we're here. And it's our moment. It's our time. And we need to step into it. We need to get aggressive. We need to not be isolated. We need to be taking back the land. We need to go back and take people into the kingdom. When I was talking to him, I kept thinking about this. This verse kept coming to me as I was talking to Denny Patton. Listen to this. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. We all talk about revival. Draw a circle, my friend. Step in it and ask the Lord to start that revival with you. And with us, God will do things. Do you believe this? Really? I'll, I'll tell you this. I guarantee you I'm showing up. I'll guarantee you that. I'll show up, man. I'll preach with everything I have. But I'm asking you to show up. Amen? Amen. Let's be about his business. Let's get it done for such a time as this. God is dwelling within you. Set him free. Father, we thank you and praise you. But Lord, there might be one person in this room tonight, today, that might not know you. And I want to give them that opportunity. Look right here, everybody. If you aren't sure that you know Jesus, you might be sitting out there going, man, Pastor Ray, when you're talking about your aunt, I'm like your aunt, I don't know. I think I've been following a religion. I didn't know that religion killed Jesus. I didn't know that I got to have a relationship with Christ. Right now, Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and wants to know you in a personal way, wants to forgive you, wants to give you a brand new start, a brand new beginning right here, right now where all the stuff that you've ever done could be forgiven, that you can have a relationship with him and know for certain that heaven is your home, absolutely guaranteed. And he wants you to know that. Don't let anything hold you back. Pray this prayer with me. The prayer doesn't save you. Jesus does. He's in this room. Let's bow our heads together. As you're bowing your head, see Jesus standing right there with you right now. He is. And he's saying, son, daughter, I want to forgive you. And then you just respond. Say this, Lord Jesus, I want to be forgiven. I want to know that I am a child of God. I ask you to forgive me. I know I've been doing stuff that I know I shouldn't do. I've hurt people. I've, people have hurt me. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to be my Savior and my Lord. I'm asking this right now. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to serve you the rest of my life. For I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, come see me in the lobby. All of you that know the Lord, go see my staff. Let's get involved. But those of you that came to Christ today, you might have prayed. Come up and talk to me. Well, I'm going to give you some information. Church, we love you. We thank you. God's going to do great things. God bless. Amen.